Hi there, let's talk sports fans. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of our Sports Roundtable. And I'm joined by my co-host, Jim. Thanks for joining me for a busy week of sports, Jim. It always seems like it's a busy week of sports when we talk here at the end of the week. Um, Lots to talk about, lots to get into. I mean, where do you want to begin? Um, I guess the first place to start is, um, well, how we always start. Uh, anyone watching, please don't forget to check out Jim's show, Last Word on Hockey, this Saturday. Um, have you got much planned or um, still um, in the planning stages, Jim. I, I got a lot to discuss this week on my show, considering what's happened in the National Hockey League this week, especially the last couple of days involving the Montreal Canadiens, Boston Bruins, Edmonton Oilers, and so on. Um, you know, just a lot of a lot of stuff going on in the hockey world, which definitely we'll cover on our hockey show here on Let's Talk Sports. But the Canadians have a new coach. Uh, Tuukka Rask retired. The Edmonton Oilers got rid of their head coach. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, I'm sure there is. And everyone, don't forget to head over to Mad Radio Network. If you join the group, you'll be able to check out all Jim's episodes. It will, of course, be shared in the Let's Talk Sports group. And I've shared his group in the Let's Talk Sports group so you, it's easy to find and you can join and so forth. I know Jim would appreciate the support if you love his uh, content he provides on Let's Talk Sports. It's a similar thing, just a few more uh, voices which you'll also love as well. Absolutely. No, you said it perfectly. It's just a couple guys just talking hockey on a, on a Saturday. Uh, it's always just fun. Uh, another good episode. Love the community. People are responding to it well. So I can't thank you enough for that. Yeah, uh, thanks for that, Jim. And um, that leads us into the segue of where to start. So hockey's back. We sort of previewed it coming back on our uh, Let's Talk Puck show on Monday. And what's your thoughts so far? I mean, so far it's been, you know, some entertaining games. I know. Uh, you know, Toronto and Calgary play here uh, this week as well. So that, that should be fun. Uh, you know, Dallas gets a big one uh, the other night. Uh, you know, just a lot of interesting games, interesting storylines heading in. With, we're six weeks away from the trade deadline. So, you know, you're going to see some pieces fall into play. You know, teams may fall out of it. Teams, you know, there's some teams hanging on. We think that playoffs are set in East, but... All of a sudden, you know, Boston could slip a little bit. So you don't know uh, really there out west. The same thing. It's these, you know, right now it, it looks like teams have we're off for a couple of days. Uh, feels like we're just getting back because teams were such in a groove. And now we're going to hit the busy time of the schedule because no Olympic break. Plus, you got Olympic hockey going on. So there's just so much going on. But it's fun to have games back and uh, outside the All Star break. Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be some interesting matchups out there for sure. Yeah, Andre, and I'm looking forward to previewing it on our show. Um, and it'll be a slightly different time this week. Um, we're looking at Sunday. We'll obviously publicise it. 
um, nearer the time, but you can check it out, and it'll be on the normal time on Roku Tuesday morning. So uh, please do support us. It's been very well supported, and we can't thank everyone for that enough. Absolutely. Please watch the show. Uh, I know the communities have been so supportive of us since we started this. It's been a great pleasure to always come on to talk some hockey and, and of course, talk sports. But, you know, hockey is a passion of mine. And, you know, this is clicking and we're working well together. And please just watch the show because it's so good. It's so entertaining because you don't know what we're going to talk about next. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. And that brings us on to the NFL. Um, so the coaching cycle is over sort of um all the head coaching positions are filled um so much drama obviously we spoke about the brian flores lawsuit last week but the texans was a story in itself um flores was linked um and to be honest with you the people they interviewed two of them probably shouldn't have got near an interview in um, McCarran and also Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward is a Hall of Famer, but he was not qualified to get that no. position uh, or an interview for that matter. Um, and it seemed like it was McCann. They wanted to give it to McCann, let's all be honest. And then I think because of the backlash, they thought to themselves, we can't do this. Um, I don't know, perhaps I was afraid of getting named in the lawsuit as well if they went with McCarran and Lovey Smith has got the job. Uh, he was already on staff there, so um, it seems like they thought to themselves, well, we've got a coach here. Let's give it to him. And this strains to me, and I could be wrong. They said, let another placeholder like last year, uh, like they did with David Coley, and... Um, it seems like they may well try and add McCarran to the staff and they're thinking to themselves, in a year's time, we can maybe name him. Um, I like McCarran as a person. Um, I have respect for him and everyone speaks highly of him. But he had opportunity to join the staff last year, but he chose family time and to coaches a son's high school a football team, which there's nothing wrong with that. But just from a point of view of looking for a guy that wants to run an organisation, the fact that he passed that up is a red flag to me when you're looking for a head coach. Um, great thing to do, coaching your son's high school football team. Nothing wrong with that. But the bare minimum for you to be considered for head coach and gig some guys, it could take 15 years, but the bare minimum is five years for me. I don't know what the Texans are doing. I know the fans are up in arms um, over there. Um, and to be honest, I would be worried if I was them. Yeah, I would be worried so too because right now, look, we've seen what Byron Leftwich did down in Tampa Bay. He worked his way up. A lot of people have respect for Byron Leftwich, and obviously he took his name out of Jaguars job. He obviously wants to stay where he is because why not, right? I, I wouldn't want to go take that Jaguars job either. Um, but as far as Lovey Smith goes, you know, 
I like the decision here. Like, I agree with you. Probably there was going to be some backlash with McCown if they hired him. Um, I think he personally should be on the staff as, like, a quarterback's coach. Maybe he could help out yeah. somewhere on the staff. But I think you got to let Lovey Smith, like, just do his thing for at least two seasons. You can't keep rotating head coaches every year and just be, like, the Cleveland Browns of the division. Like, you really can't be doing that. Um, I love Smith is such a qualified head coach. He's such a good head coach. Um, you know, I like the decision just to promote him. Yeah. There was probably something to it with the whole Brian Flores thing, this and that, but Brian Flores was a finalist for the job anyway. So I don't know like what was going on there because the Texans apparently interviewed him and liked him. And I think if people did their due diligence on Brian Flores, like we were talking about last week, maybe they got the questions that they needed answered and found out what actually went down in Miami because maybe there is a reason he doesn't have a head coaching job. I don't know. Look, I'm not in his position. I don't know the whole story. But what I do know is Lovey Smith can coach a football team. Does he have the right pieces? I don't know. But if he gets the right pieces and gets a fair shot at this thing, Texans could be a player. Obviously, we're going to all have to watch on this, this Sean Watson front what happens, suspended, traded, the whole deal there. But, you know, Lovey Smith's going to command the locker room, and he people will have respect for this guy. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, I, um, I think it's one of the better situations they could have done, to be honest with you. If they was going to do this sort of move, and they seemed very unsure what they wanted to do, even if they wanted to groom McCann, I think they possibly could have done worse and just keep Kelly. I thought he got the short end of a stick. I think he did a fantastic job because of what he was managing. I'm not saying he's, you know, I don't know, um, McVeigh or anything like that. But just from looking at it from a command in the locker room, I thought he did a good job and probably exceeded expectations with what he was managing. So... I feel sorry for David Cully, if I'm honest. I think Lovey Smith is a similar thing. I think he'll do a job. He can command the room again. And um, he's still going to be cool and play. So you've still got his defensive expertise. Um, Josh McCann will probably get added to the staff. I, I think he should be, like you said, something like um, quarterback coach or maybe assistant passing game coordinator, something like that, uh, where he can have a voice in the offensive game plan. Um, and it's going to be interesting if he takes that on this time because the reality is it's no good him keep going for these head coaching interviews if he's not prepared to get the experience because it's going to be the same story again and again. And coaching high school Football, it's not going okay, um, in my opinion. Um, but another position, what has been filled since we last talked is the Dolphins, and that's been about as much drama as the Texans. Well, I, I've no idea what's going on in either organisation. No. And I feel sorry, Mike uh, McDaniels has been appointed, and I actually rate him very highly, so I wanted him to stay in san francisco because i wanted him to have a better landing spot i'm i'm just concerned there's so much drama 
around this organisation. There's still that red flag around Stephen Ross um, being the owner or not. That I would have preferred McDaniels to have, uh, shall we say, a team where he can succeed. I think there might be too much dysfunction around this team for him too. But one plus point is for Tua. Um, if you look at Tua's limitations, I think it compares a little bit to Jimmy Garoppolo. They're different quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Tua can run the ball a little bit more, but I think his ceiling is someone like Jimmy G, sort of a game manager who can do it. So Mike McDaniels has been um, the offensive coordinator this year for Jimmy G. So I think that can only be a good thing for Tua going forward, and it seems like the Dolphins have decided Tua's the guy, finally, rather than going down with the Sean Watson um, road. So it's going to be interesting. He's got dynamic receiving Jalen Roddell. Um, and it's go I think this is a good hire for the Dolphins. I'm not so sure it's such a good job for McDaniels, but um, it may be a year or two too early for McDaniels, but I think he ticks a lot of the boxes and he's certainly rated very highly by people whose voices are respectful within the game. So it seems like he could be a good hire. It's just... I think there will be a few growing pains with this heart. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think there's going to be some growing pains for sure. But, you know, if, McD if McDaniels can build off of what Flores did the last couple of years and get this team over 500 and within the playoff spot, you know, that's saying something. Again, I, I think we're both on the same page that, you know, I think Flores should still be the coach there in Miami. But, you know, obviously there's some tension between him and the general manager and whether or not he believes in Tua or not. And I agree with you on the assessment of Tua. I was never a big fan of his coming out of Alabama. I still think he has me mechanical flaws in his game that has not allowed the Dolphins to take the next step, especially when a guy you have like Jalen Waddle on the outside. I think, you know, defensively, I think this team is good. Um, maybe is a little bit early for McDaniels to come in, but you know what? What better time to start than with the with a couple of pieces like that? You know what? I think if the now that the Dolphins have finally made the decision that Tua is their guy, now they could build the offense around him instead of bringing in different backups to maybe push, you know, to maybe challenge to be the starter. Just bringing a backup now to just you know make sure Tua can push himself, or if he gets hurt, you have a capable backup to go in instead of flip flopping quarterbacks all the time. I, again, Stephen Ross is definitely an issue down in Miami. We're going to see, you know, what they're going to do this year. The division definitely going to be tough, especially the Patriots are going to keep playing the way they're doing under Mac Jones. Obviously, the Bills, it's their division right now, Josh Allen. But, I mean, look, Tua's, they drafted Tua high for a reason. They like his game. You know, I think McDaniels, what he did with Garoppolo, I think Garoppolo doesn't get a lot of respect. Obviously, Garoppolo, you know, makes that mistake every now and then. But, you know, with him being a free agent, you know, it could be maybe a tie there to Miami. Maybe he comes in for a year to get, you know, I know you don't want to say groom Tua now because they, they're pushing towards him. But you never know. You have a guy like that there. You can help Tua with his game, read the pocket a little bit better. We know Jimmy G makes the mistakes here and there. But having a voice like that, you know, we don't know where he'll go. But, I mean, for me, I like the hire. I think it was I think it was a smart hire. I think he 
ticks all the boxes. I agree. I wish he stayed in San Fran, but hey, you know what? This is a good move for him. Yeah, I agree. And on a side note, one eye I'll keep an eye on when the Dolphins get to draft time is Trey McBride. There's a lot of rumors around people in um, Jets land that if the Jets want Trey McBride, of course they're in a tight end um, market, they may have to move ahead of the Dolphins because the McDaniels will probably want his own George Kittle and right. McBride, I think, can be probably the best tight end in this class and a very good player in the NFL. So I could see them, especially um, with their tight end hitting free agency, I could see them drafting McBride in the first round. So that may be an eye to keep an eye on in regard to the Dolphins. And to be honest with you, if you have McBride, and Waddle, that's a decent couple playmakers on offense. And keep an eye on them drafting the running back because um, obviously McDaniels was the running game coordinator over there in San Fran before he called the plays. So we all know he'll pick one of these young running backs coming out, and it's a very good cluster. Um, I'm intrigued to see what they do, and they've got an elite defense. So the reality is, if they add a few toys on offense and some decent O-line prospects, then I'm not saying they'll make playoffs, but they've got an opportunity I to mean, make playoffs. With the extra wild card team now, I mean, you know, you could. Yeah. They have a shot. I mean, they were right in it until the end. If they didn't lose a couple games down the stretch, they would be in a they would have made playoffs this year. Yeah, and the reality is they lost the first seven, I believe. If they yeah. win three of them, they're in the playoffs. So um, time will tell. If I was them, what I would do is, for the most part, add um, a tight end, add a running back, and they've got to probably pick at least two O linemen. That defense will look after itself, so you can afford to maybe only add some mid-round pieces. We will see. But they can be an interesting team to watch. Greer's probably um, on a little bit of a hot seat, so I expect him to be aggressive because he needs to be. Um, I agree. Before, before we move on... Um, Change sports, Super Bowl's coming up uh, on Sunday, of course. And um, this is, I think, the two evenly matched teams in mm -hmm. the Rams, Bengals. I think their offense, they're different offenses, but I think they're about as well matched as any offenses can. So many toys. I've said on a couple of my shows, I think this could come down to the trenches because if that Bengals O line plays, how they did a couple of weeks ago when Bo was sacked, I believe it was seven times. Aaron Donald and Von Miller could have a day. But that said, Keith brought up an interesting point to me. The one thing you can say is Bo has a knack of escaping those hits and just evading them. So that may be an interesting thing to watch. It's one thing to escape. Um, shall we say mid-tier pass rushes? Aaron Donald is a whole other against. You have Von Miller on one side. You have Aaron Donald on the other side. 
That's going to be tough to escape. It is, and um, I forget his name. They've got another, um, apart from Leonard Floyd, they've got another young um, linebacker what's had a career year as well. So let, there's pieces on this. Another interesting matchup will be Jamar Chase against Jalen Ramsey. Jamar Chase, he has had his hot and cold moments. He's had a fantastic season, but there's been certain games he's gone missing, and I don't think he's ever come up against a cornerback to the eliteness of Jalen Ramsey. So that could be the, another matchup what decides this. Um, if you was to push me, where's oh, well, I think the Bengals would make a better story of winning it. I think the Rams have been here before and fell at the hurdle. That may help. And also, I just think their defence might help them a little bit because I think the offence is there's not really anything to choose from. Look, for me, this is interesting storylines on both sides. Look, you have McVeigh, who was on and that offense only held the three points the last time they were in a Super Bowl. Obviously, that's not going to happen this time. Different coach, different team they're playing. You know, they brought in Stafford, Miller. They brought all these pieces. They got Beckham in there. That's another guy. Let's see what he does in the bright lights. We know what he's doing in the playoffs thus far. They went all in to win this year. So, and they're at home. But, but you have Joe Cool, Joe Burrow on the other side. Guy hasn't lost in big time games dating back to LSU. Guys like 7 and 0, including playoffs in like elimination games. This guy's unbelievable, calm and cool. For me, it, you know, I, like you said, I think the offenses are so similarly matched. Like Jamar Chase is having a game. You know, but they have Mixon in a running game. You can dump the ball out around. Like, they have different weapons on offense. Joe Burrow knows. And Joe Burrow is so cool and calm under pressure. Yeah, you the offensive line cannot be giving up nine or seven sacks in this game or else the Bengals are not winning this game. But what I will say, if this game is close or they're down like they were against Kansas City and they make the second-half adjustments like they did with their defense, I think that if the defense comes out strong – like it ended the game against Kansas City, LA is going to be in tough because that Bengals defense is so, so good. They can be so dominant and get to quarterback and put offenses in bad situations that favor the defense. Um, I just like this matchup. It's a fun matchup. The, the point spread has not changed. It's still four in favor of the Rams. I'm liking – I would take the action on the Bengals if I was me, and I would personally like – you know, the Bengals story haven't been to the Super Bowl in a long time since the 80s, 0-2. Um, you know, you got Burrow here. They built around. It feels like that would be a great story. Again, Rams doesn't matter either. I mean, both good teams, both teams you want to root for. So it's not like there's any hate to any team in the Super Bowl. It's going to be a fun Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. I mean, with the Bengals, it gives hope to some of these Asides like the Jets and the Lions. Two years ago, the Bengals are where they were. That's how they got Joe Burrow. They were considered almost a joke, to be honest with you. Yeah. And now they're in the Super Bowl. Who's laughing now is what right, I will exactly. say. Yeah. I, exactly. But the thing is, think about this. What if Burrow doesn't get hurt last year? That Cincinnati might have made the playoffs last year. Yeah, I agree. And also, one interesting point someone brought up in my group is 
it's starting to come the point everyone holds sort of Patrick Mahomes up as the young sort of person to take over from Tom Brady. Well, surely Joe Bowe's got to be in that conversation now, especially if he wins this, because um, I don't think the difference is that far when thinking about it. You sort of do a double take and thinking about it, there is an argument to be had. So it's going to be interesting, Joe Bow. if you look deep into some of his stories, he does a lot in the community and also um, from a personal point of view, he does a lot for disabled charities, I know. So um, shout out to him for that. That, that doesn't get mentioned enough and Matt Stafford if you look deep into his um personal life he's had a rough couple of years he had the loss of a child not long ago and um one of my contributors brought up an interesting point if he wins a Super Bowl that probably guarantees him a Hall of Fame spot his figures are worthy of it but he hasn't had that success if he has adds a ring to it then that probably secures it and i think he has a point there so there's so many stories um i would probably prefer the bengals win but i wouldn't be mad at the rams stafford is a big part of that and also i want aaron donald deserves to get a ring in my opinion so i want to best defensive player in the league hands down the best defensive player in the league um, I, I, like I said, I wouldn't care who wins. I just want a good game. I always want a good game. I want an entertaining game. There's so many, like you said, so many storylines on each side, so many good quarterbacks, and you brought up Burrow. But don't forget, you know, no, no, don't forget Mahomes. The AFC is loaded with Allen, with Herbert, you know, Burrow. I mean, there's Lamar, Tua. I mean, there's so many young quarterbacks in there um, that's going to be fun to watch going down, uh, you know, for years now that Brady and all those guys have retired. So it's going to be a fun Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I agree. And in saying that, if I don't win a ring this time, when will we next have the opportunity? Because you know Josh Allen's got plans of being here. uh, But the same. So that's another added pressure, I guess. Um, One thing I did want to add, of course, um, Moving on to your Giants, just to touch on, they've got some decisions to make. They've added a fantastic staff, but according to reports, they're looking to create at least 30 million in cap space. First of all, good luck with that, given their situation. Uh, I mean, Barkley's been mentioned, and of course he will get mentioned, but I'm not sure it necessarily makes sense who's going to take on that contract trading. And if they cut him, I'm not sure um, it actually benefits them cap-wise. So I think he might be immovable, if that makes sense. Even if they could get someone to take on that contract, um, the fifth-year option, obviously, then uh, what they can get, maybe fifth-round pick probably at the most, given what they'd have to pay. The reality is the only opportunity that comes about, in my opinion, is if there's an injury in camp and sort of like what the Rams had to do with Sony Michelle, something like that. I think Barkley's, the reality is they're going to have to let this play out. James Bradbury's another candidate. I'm not sure if someone would trade him for that 
Um, cap hit, he hasn't been really bad, but he hasn't been to the level what they're paying him, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I hear you on that for sure. No, he has not. Um, interesting with Barkley, though. Like, I, I think teams would want to get a running back, but for me, I think the thing is, is if they can get an offensive line that he can run the ball, I mean, he's yep. still an effective player. It's not like he's not an effective player. Yeah, they want to ca- create $30 million in cap space. Good luck with that. Like you said, I mean, where are you going to find it? Um, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, Barkley is the option. Okay. But, you know, maybe he isn't an option. Maybe here's an idea. You play him and let him raise his stock, and then yeah. a team can trade for him later on where the cap it isn't as bad, and it'll work out for for both team for both parties so i'm interested to see that for sure um see how this plays out i mean look joe judge went back to the pats yeah all right you know best of luck to you over there uh you should never been hired as in the giants in the first place but hey you know what we talked about that already but i'm interested to see what this giant team does it feels like it's different they're saying all the right things they got a good staff in place let's see if they can draft and execute yeah, I agree. If in draft, what I if I was them, should they fall someone like a promo out of NC State? They should add. He also has the ability not just to play tackle at high level guard. I'm not sure he'll fall as far as um, they're picking because he's raising up the board. He could go in the top three. Linderbaum is a he's the best alignment in this class potentially so i know he's a center fans are talking about carl hamilton the giants would need the head red if they the one position they don't need is safety in my opinion no. they're good there so i think they have to go double row line it's not an exciting pick but they are the two picks i would do uh personally speaking um but there's a couple of Decent tackles should a promo not fall to them. Look, you see what you saw what Cincinnati did. They built around a quarterback. That's what you have to do. Build around your quarterback. Get an offensive line. When the Giants were winning, they had good old line. They could run the ball, protect the quarterback. Yeah, it was different because you had the earth, wind, and fire. You know, and then you had Eli Manning back there, different weapons. You can get a wide receiver here and there, maybe a slot, figure out where all these guys are again. But I agree. Get online. It's not sexy, but it's effective because that's what they need to do because it's the only way they're going to protect Daniel Jones if they believe that he is the quarterback of the future. Yep, I agree. And um, just to finish up, um, so there's not too much news on the baseball uh, CBA. Um, other than we didn't talk about this last week, but we alluded to it. They asked last week for a the federal mediator to come in and help them, which is a never a good sign. No. I don't think they're going to have a season on time. The only thing that may help this is apparently this did not go down well with the no, players, and they've sort of not. said to the Jurgen, come on, get your act together. I'm not. The problem is, neat, there's no willingness from either side to get a deal done from all the reports. The owners, even though they've basically pulled the pants down of the union last time they've sort of agreed amongst themselves we want to get even more out of the deal and the union um they want some of the leverage back so 
that's a big difference and I've, there's a lot of hostility between the two sides and to get a deal done you at least have to have a platform to agree on something and I don't think they can agree on anything so unless there's a willingness to get a deal done it's just not going to happen for a long time no I mean I don't expect the season to start on time I don't expect there to be a season uh, we'll be lucky if we get one look Baseball's been such a regional sport in, in, in this in this country, and it's a shame because it was such a fun. It's always a fun sport to watch, but these guys, both sides, just don't have any willingness. Like you said, with the media, the the players basically just said, you know what, you can, you know, you know, gave them the bird and said, you know what, we we don't like it. Now that the MLB, I guess, is going back to try to the owners are going to make another proposal to the players' association. That's not going to go well. It's just, like you said, willingness to work together and get a deal done. And usually the best deals are are come when the midnight oil is burned and the clock is ticking and the hourglass is running out and all that stuff. Because when you hit the 11th hour, that's when the best deals show up. I don't know if we get to the 11th hour. Look, they've lost seasons before. So it's not like it's not going to happen. I mean, look. Do we wish we had a baseball season? Sure. But, you know, this they've proven that they can just, you know, lose a season like they did in 94, half a season when the Expos were playing so well and the Yankees were playing so well. Hey, bag a season, forget it. Um, so they've done it before. It's not like it, it hasn't been done before. I agree. The players should get some leverage back. MLB definitely took advantage of them last time. Um, but, again, when it's coming down to billions of dollars, millions of dollars, no one wants to hear about it, especially what we're going through right now. No one, no one wants to hear you bickering over money. So um, that's the biggest thing. And they can't even get – they can't agree on major issues, let alone minor issues. That's all I hear is they're talking about minor issues. Come on, get your acts together and start doing the work and putting the work in it and give people what they want because, you know what, if they don't have a season, I thought if the NHL never had a no, – if the NHL ever locked out again – they will become irrelevant. No, I take that back. If MLB loses a season, they will become irrelevant. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm pretty much of the same thing. Before we close the show out, um, this is that they have to read the room. Um, there's people, the cost of living is a big issue, not just in America, worldwide. And you've got millionaires and billionaires fighting over dollars it may be important to them but there's people out there janitors and shop workers getting laid off people making a choice between um heating their home and food and they're arguing that this could be a big hit to the popularity of baseball because if there's no season or it's even affected people may well say sort of stuff you i'm not um supporting your product you you're um took us for granted and i don't think they realize the damage what could be done and people may um baseball saw playing catch up to the nba and the nfl but what they don't realize is some of their fans may not just go over to those sports but hockey as well and hockey could even take overtake them who can say it could do a lot of damage and I don't think they realise that and maybe they have to to get this deal done but I wouldn't hold your breath 
as Jim said, there may well not be a season, <laughs> yeah. and um, they'll have no one to blame apart from themselves because they're not even trying to get a deal done. They have an hour or two and then wait a month sort of thing. So yeah. the reality is there's no willingness to. Um, this is something we'll talk about on future shows, I'm sure, and uh, the reality is by next time we talk, there'll probably be no movement. and. No. Um, that's sort of the story of the yeah. negotiations so far. Um, that just about wraps up the show. Avalon, to thank you for joining me today, Jim. Hey, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure talking sports with you. Yeah, uh, same to you, Jim. Don't forget to check out Jim's show on Saturday, everyone, on Mad Radio Network. And all that remains is for me to say thank you for watching and until next time, let's talk sport fans.